This is Raptors Game Night on TSN 1050. The Raptors live here. So deep in the heart of Texas, the Raptors even their record on the road at 2-2. Two and two, But overall, 5-3, and three, another big night of scoring for Toronto. It's a final from the AT&T Center in San Antonio. Toronto 143, San Antonio 100. That is Paul Jones with the final call, a 43-point victory. It was 30 on Monday, and this is very enjoyable, I got to say. Welcome to the post-game show. Jim Taddy, Warren Ward, Josh Lewenberg, and Javon Shepard with you. We've got plenty of things to talk about. Let me start with Warren. Um, you know, if you're on this team, this is, I mean, this is the Christmas. Come on. Uh, you know, you, you're, uh, you're home and cooled out at the end of the third quarter. Everybody gets in and plays. And, I mean, this is just, there's something there for everybody, isn't there? Yeah, Tap, man, you said it, man. There's something there for everyone. I think, uh, what is we got seven guys in double figures tonight. Um, overall, though, this was a, a, you know, a pretty much dominating performance start to finish. I thought the Spurs gave it their best shot in the first quarter. You know, they scored 31 points. But then after that, the Raptors turned up the defense in the next two quarters. And then by the fourth, it was just a gimme. So, you know, they, they scored over 32 points in each quarter um overall it was it was a dominating performance i think if you're looking across the board um in terms of like the balance of the raptors i i know there's been a lot of emphasis on you know superstars uh and the lack thereof but i just think overall top you know top to bottom when you got boucher coming off the bench you got pascal getting you a triple double um, and I know they haven't played maybe the strongest teams in the league yet, but I don't care. I, I think this is a very good indication of what you're going to get. The games may get tougher, but I don't think the Raptors are going to do anything much different. Um, I think overall their 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 team is is just built to you know to produce, and if they can do it on the defensive end, I think offensively they're just tough to deal with because they share the basketball. They have a lot of length. They have a lot of size. They're shooting it much better than they did. Um, even even in preseason, you know, and even last season. Um, so all those things are, are positives for me, you know, I mean, going into the season thus far. And after eight games, I, you know, I really like what I see. Josh? Yeah, th- this was some good business tonight, right? Like th- this yeah. was a professional outing, a, a night where it, Raptors teams of the past may have come out and had that letdown game against an inferior opponent. But... I liked the way the Raptors approached the game tonight. I mean, you look at the start of the season, and it's been tough. Like, after seven games of playing against Eastern Conference playoff teams, this was our first look at the Raptors against an inferior team. Obviously, San Antonio, like, Pops, I'm not basing this off of what we saw tonight, but Pop has this group playing really hard. They're off to a pretty good start to the season, considering you look at the roster construction. It's not a team that's built to win right now, uh, but this is a team that that you know you're going to go to San Antonio. You know they're going to play hard. The Raptors were in complete control pretty much from start to finish. They took their foot off the gas a little bit towards the end of the first quarter, but I love how well they responded. We talked at halftime about what a what a big part Chris Boucher played in that coming in and bringing that energy and letting the Raptors know no we we are not taking our foot off the gas we're going to continue to go at them and and I thought they did I was really impressed pretty much from top to bottom of the roster as you guys talked about contributions from everywhere on both ends of the floor so a, a really encouraging performance all the way around I'll say this that if 
And, and Warren, you touched on it as well, right? The shooting of this team, if they continue to shoot the ball as well as they are, they're shooting about 38% on the season, right? We know what they're going to get on the defensive side. I, I don't think you, you have to be concerned about a superstar or where offense is going to come from because they generate so much from their defense, forcing teams to turn over and then getting out and running. Now when you get into, into that half court and you have Pascal that commands so much attention, you're spraying that ball out. You're getting the offense. We've seen two games in a row where they, they've dominate, dominated, right? And you put up 143 points on the board. You don't need much more if you, can, if, if you already have, you know, some fluid, you know, offense, some guys that can go to and some guys that can knock down shots. But the, the, the only concern is that I have is the times when you're not shooting it well, right? And, and you're putting a lot of that yeah. pressure on the defense. But other than that, if this team is, it continues to shoot it the way they are and you know that they have – you know, 10 willing defenders every night, there's not much to worry about with them. You know, it's it's early in the season, but, I mean, these two games are without Freddie, uh, and there's just, uh, it's like a, uh, you know, revealing depth here and and commitment that, I don't know if we we, put too much weight on the fact that they did this without Freddie, but does it uh, force you even after eight games to to look at this team slightly differently? No. Sorry. Tap man, I'm gonna have to disagree with that. I I even okay. saw on Twitter that someone said that we don't need Freddie or something like that. Oh I no, I'm not saying that. No, no, I know, I know, I know. I'm just I'm just letting everybody else know that 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 is that is just blasphemous. <laughs> like oh, yeah, Fred, absolutely. I, I think I think what it just what it shows, you know, I mean, for the group is that they have other guys that can do it, and I think that's what a team is. This is you know you know I mean like I said at halftime, Tap man, this is not golf. You know, this is not. Um, you know, any sort of one-man show. If Fred's out, it means, you know what, next man up. But when he's back, best believe this team is much better. He has deferred shooting. He is an, he is a two-way player on this team. He, he does it on both ends of the floor. There's no doubt in my mind that the Raptors are a better player with him. Um, sorry, a better, a better team with him. But I think what it, you know, what it goes to show is that Nick Nurse can rely and trust on other people to do it. Scotty is a great backup point guard if Fred can't play. Pascal can now play the two, you know, and Gary Trent is just a bucket overall. So, I mean, you know, like, like, like we can go down the list and we can, we can switch and tweak the lineup to whatever is going on around us. And I think that's a luxury that Nick Nurse has that, you know, not many, you know, I mean, not many other coaches do have. But um, I, I have not seen the Raptors over, I guess, I guess that long for them or for me to have a, a conclusion to say that the Raptors are, you know, better without him. I, I still think the Raptors are um, adjusting to this, but I, I, I strongly, strongly say that, that, they, that they are a much better team with so him. I, I agree, and I, I second that, those, those sentiments, Warren, because I, I'll say this. It's a different game plan when you have, you know, it's great. It's working right now, 6-8 right. across the board, but it's a different game plan when you have teams that are scouting and, and, and setting up their plan to – you know, have a smaller guard out there and pressing up, you know, Scotty in the full quarter and, and trying to turn him over and forcing him to set up in, in offense, right? On days where you're not necessarily turning teams over as much. So we, I think sometimes we dismiss um, and we're, we're our, we have short memories and we dismiss the impact that Fred does have, right? He's the guy that's, you know, really facilitating. He's the guy that's distributing. Like you mentioned, he's deferred. He understands. He's a veteran and he's a winner. He understands what it takes to win. Right. So that's and his leadership is is second to none. So we can't over, ever overlook that. We can appreciate what we have for sure. Mm-hmm. We can definitely appreciate that. But well, I think what we've learned is, yeah, we can disperse some of the, the wealth of the minutes. We can disperse some of the, the primary ball handling 
um, responsibilities, play Fred off the ball a bit more, and that'll be fine. And even for his body, that'll be great over the course of the season. Exactly. But as a winner, as a leader on this group, remember, this is still a young group. OG's 25, right? We're, we're forgetting that. So, you know, a number of these guys, Scotty, 22, or 21, excuse me. So there's, there's a number of guys that you still need his impact, his influence with this group. Well, historically, the Raptors have always done next man up pretty well, right? Like even the championship year, Kawhi Leonard, load management, he's out for the night. They were fine. There were other guys that were there to step up. The one year where that wasn't the case was in Tampa. And I think going back to that season, the Tampa tank, as Masai calls it, the reason why that season didn't go well is not because the Raptors didn't have a good team. It's that they didn't have a plan B. Like things happened that year, whether it was COVID, injuries, whatever, a guy would go down and the Raptors didn't have that next man up that year. So I'm encouraged by this, the way that the Raptors have played without Fred Van Vliet for a couple reasons. One, I always say Van Vliet is the most irreplaceable player on this team. One, because of all the things that he does on both ends of the floor, what he brings, but also positionally, when you look at how this Raptors team is constructed, there isn't a ton of depth behind him. So to see Scotty Barnes step up and run the offense as well as he has over the last couple of games, Pascal Siakam doing the same. They've gotten contributions. They got contributions today from Delano Banton off the bench. To Javon's point, this is an encouraging thing moving forward. Not that you're not going to have Fred Van Vliet. It, it's when you do have Fred Van Vliet that all of a sudden you're able to take some of that pressure off. It also speaks to the depth on this team, which was also obviously a question mark coming into the season, just given the lack of depth last year. So a, a lot to like here over these last couple games, not necessarily because Fred Van Vliet wasn't out there, but how the Raptors adjusted without him out there. Yeah, that's actually what the point I wanted to make was, you know, if you could do this without Freddie, then when Freddie comes back, they're a much better team than maybe we thought they might be this year. So so it's all positive. I enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> so <laughs> what I'm looking for is trying to figure out, like, what this is. And, and so maybe if I throw this out, let's see what happens. The versatility on this team was always there, but, but it seems to me that it is molded together and, and has reached another level. Does that work? I, yeah, no, and Taddy, I wasn't, I wasn't coming for you. Don't worry, I was. I'm, hey, Taddy, I'm on he your tried side. to get you, Taddy. Yeah. We're, we're here together, Taddy. <laughs> no, Javon, you're right. Taddy's coming for Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. You, heard it, you heard it here first. Taddy no, wants no. Fred's minutes. Right. right. <laughs> no, I was. Um, I, I, I think you're right. And, and if you look around the league, you look at, you know, Utah. You look at um, any of the other teams. Like I said, you know, I mean. In, excuse me, like I said in the pregame, the teams that weren't expected to do so well are doing phenomenally well, and it's because they have a team structure. And I think the Raptors have that same thing, but then they have another gear. They have the Pascal Siakams, and you know they have the guys that are putting up monstrous numbers next to LeBron and Luka, and that's, that, is an, that is an incredible class you know what I mean, to be a part of. So I, I think what it just goes to show is that we, yeah, we, we are a very versatile group, and I think you can put our five plus two or plus three off the bench against anyone else in the league on any given night. And again, it's a small sample size. You know, we'll, maybe, maybe we'll have something else to say in game 30 or 40, but as of right now, right, and, and all we can go off is, is the now, this is the group we have, and this is the group that I, I think, you know, looking around the rest of the league, I don't see much better out there, honestly. I really don't. And to your point, Taddy, I think 
you know, we, we've spoke about the versatility of this team. I think we've heard it for the last four or five years, the length, the versatility, yeah. the interchangeability. Yeah. But so has everybody else in this league, right? And that's that's where this league has, has gone, right, in, in terms of length, versatility, yeah. whatever the case may be there. So it's, it's a broken record across the league. I think where, you know, this Raptors team has started to, to nail it down and become a bit more refined is that you have some rollover now. And one, guys that have been a part of a championship team that are now leaders in this team, they've They've established and came up in this culture. But at the same time, you have 12 guys on this roster that have rolled over from last year's team, right? And that builds cohesiveness. That builds a chemistry. And you're starting to see guys understand their actual roles on this team, right? I said it earlier. You look at how well Chris Boucher is coming out and playing. Yeah, he signed his big deal. But at the same time, you could just see there's a confidence, there's a calmness about him in where picking his spots and understanding, you know, the offense is going to come to him. Gary Trent Jr., the same, right? He's he's going to get his every night, you know, a minimum of 15 shots per night, but he's not forcing those shots, right? He knows where they're going to come, can pick his spots, can rely on it, can trust it, and then, you know, just even getting the young guy in the mix. And, and Scotty and, and Coloco have a good chemistry. He's always finding him, and, and you know that you're going to work off of Siakam. So I think there's an understanding now. Um, and also, Coach Nurse gives these guys freedom. As long as you commit on the defensive side, you know, and you're allowed to take those shots on the offensive end. So that I think they they're off to the races a bit earlier, based on just under, just that understanding and having that rollover from last season. This is a deep team. You, you've got a guy, a 16 year vet, and Thad Young who can barely see the floor right now. Played actually pretty well in in his eight minutes tonight, but. He hasn't been playing much. Otto Porter Jr., he's back. But just based on how the rotation is looking right now and how well guys are playing, like there, there's not a ton of minutes up for grabs. But this is a good problem to have, right? Like It's a long season. Things come up. We're talking about next man up. Things come up all the time, whether it's injuries or illness or guys are, are going through a slump or, or whatever it is. And to have all of these guys that are, are capable, first of all, but to Javon's point, no one except their role, like as far as I understand it, and I'm not with them behind closed doors, but as far as I've heard, as far as I can see, there's a lot of leadership here. There's some good leadership going on in the locker room. Everybody is buying in, understands their role. You don't hear guys complaining about minutes this or shots that. Um, and I think a lot of that, going back to Fred Van Vliet and what he brings, I think a lot of that has to do with Fred as the leader. And a guy on the floor who says, okay, well, maybe last year I was taking 15, 16, 17 shots a game or whatever it was. I'm willing to sacrifice in order to get some of these other guys going. And I think we've seen a lot of that here so far this season where those players a few months ago were like, okay, well, where is OG? how is OG Ananobi's role going to grow? How is Pascal Siakam? We're looking at Gary Trent Jr., but... Somehow it, it, it all seems to make sense here. They are all finding ways to make an impact every single night. We're not just talking about one guy after each game. And I just want to add one thing to that, right? As well as this team's playing, you look across this league, it's become a soap opera. This team doesn't have any drama, yeah. right? Like, there's no drama going on, Taddy. Boring. Nice and calm. <laughs> Boring is good. Yeah, Boring we'll take good. that. Boring pays the bills. That's right. So, you know, if you're projected maybe 30, 40 games down the road, what do you what do you think that's like for Coloco and and Otto Porter Jr. on this team? Um, well, I think for Coloco because he's probably going to be um, a bigger factor. Just the fact that he is probably the Raptors' best rim protector right now, he'll probably get more of the minutes. What I expect him to do is to 
just just start seeing the floor a bit more clear. I think right now everything's new. Um, he's almost like a deer in headlights because even you know even when he goes to these arenas, <clears throat> he's probably never you know been you know like in the Staples Center or um, even like the Garden or you know any of the big time yeah. arenas. So I'm expecting him to feel more comfortable as time goes on. I mean, I, I and I'm sure Javon can tell you. You know, when you're playing in your first year or playing in your first 10 games, you know what I mean, to your last 10 games, you're a much different player. You're just more comfortable out there. So I expect him to be more comfortable. I expect Otto Porter to figure out much, you know, much like Boucher, okay, you know what, where do I fit with this group? How can I impact the game in, you know, multiple ways? Off the ball, screening, cutting, all those little details because he's a vet, you know? So he'll he'll figure that out part – he'll figure that part out quicker than maybe a Coloco. But I think Coloco – He'll just get more comfortable, and he'll make the Raptors even better. And I think blocking shot-wise, I mean, looks he's he's at least getting two or three a night now, right? So that part, I think we can count on. I I, I agree, right? I think with with the rook, you come in Coloco. He's just he's just got to understand to continue to grow. And I think as he goes through the season, he's going to start to adjust to the pace of the game, the speed of the game. This isn't college anymore, where guys are in the paint, but he's also the, the bigger, more stronger player on the floor, right? There's open space. He's he's done a good job of catching balls. He's done a good job of making himself available. It's the finish piece now that he's missing. I think that's just going to come as he adjusts to the time. You know, this this paint, this NBA paint, it collapses pretty fast because, again, these guys are athletes. They're long. They're rangy. They get up. Um, as he continues to adjust, I think every game, he's going to have about eight minutes to showcase what he's going to do. And in those eight minutes, if he plays well, that's going to extend to 12. That's going to extend to 15. But you never know. I don't think... He's going to be in the G League much. I think he's come out. He's made an impact early. He's got to continue on that route. And then with with uh, Porter, I think, you know, you're looking at his position, at the 3-4 and sometimes even playing 5, there's about there's 48 minutes to split between three guys at each position. So there's going to be, you know, 15 to 20 for him every night so long as he gets his rhythm and, and starts to knock down shots. I think it's probably going to impact that a bit more in, in the loss of his, his minutes, especially – the fact that he started he started out a bit slow, um, but then you have you know a, a roster of now eight guys that can come you know get on the floor and give you rotational big rotational rotational minutes. So I, I'm not co- too concerned about that. Yeah, you look at the rotation and, and like I look at the seven guys that, that clearly Nurse likes and trusts the five starters with Boucher and Achua. Like those, those are the guys that you can probably pencil in for considerable minutes every night and from there like it it really could be a situational matchup thing who who fits in well on any given night I I agree like I I think those two guys specifically what's interesting about them in terms of like polar opposites in terms of the career right you got the kid and the vet but they both bring something different they both bring something unique on this team that this team needs right like in coloco it's the size the length the rim protection a a guy that can roll to the rim so there's always going to be a need for him on the roster and same for Otto porter jr in that he brings shooting and that veteran leadership that is is really needed coming off that bench so yeah i I mean i think they're always going to have a role on this team i think some nights you might see them for a few minutes. Some nights you might see them for a lot of minutes. But those are good pieces to have over the course of a long 82-game season. Raptors win at 143-100. Javon, thanks very much, and thanks for that pick on Warren. 
<laughs> I got you. I got you, Tat Man. I need lobs, so I'm going to set the screens for you. <laughs> this is Raptors game night on TSN 1050. <laughs> Raptors game night, Jim Taddy, Josh Lewenberg, and Warren Ward with you to wrap up a 143-100 win over the Spurs in San Antonio. What a marvelous effort from the Raptors, but I know what you're thinking. What did Nick Nurse have in mind? What was his approach to this game? Let's listen in. Well, um, they've been playing well, and um, our guys you know, took the uh, scouting report and the preparation very seriously, which is what they needed to do, and they went out there and executed really played hard defensively i thought made it made it tough created a lot of turnovers and turned a lot of those into easy baskets what's been the point of emphasis on that on that front yeah just um Again, it all starts, you know, with effort for us, but more specifically with ball pressure and using some of the length. Like, like once they pick it up to pass, we're we're really trying to, you know, deflect the passes and get our hands on some things, and and we have been. So it's just, it's really a lot of it's just effort and increased ball pressure. Yeah. The complexion of the game seemed to change kind of near the end of the first half. In the third quarter, you guys scored, I think, 40 points. Um, what did you notice about the energy that Gary was able to provide during that stretch? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think every every guy that got out there provided a bunch, but Gary was in one of those that he felt like he could score it every time he had it, right? So that that's, um, you know, that's uh, lift, you know, it gives a team a lift when you got a guy so confident and just kind of roaming around and, making buckets and and they found him and the guys were talking about Gary's made three in a row let's go back to him and you know things like that that you're you're hearing the guys say so it's good I mean he can score the ball and he and he certainly did tonight. OG had said that it's not really changing the way he approaches the games like he's still watching the same amount of film it's just that he has a bigger catalog and of years when it comes to looking for certain tendencies is there anything that you're noticing from the sidelines in terms of adjustments he's made and no, you know, I think that for me that he just looks like he's got his rhythm back. And I don't know if that's partly just getting a number of games under his belt, maybe a touch of getting in a little bit better shape, you know, game shape. Because you're like to me, it's noticeable how quick he is to the ball, out of gaps, in gaps, you know, swiping the ball, you know, like it's it's noticeable here in these last few games. And that's kind of his thing. Like it's been his thing since he got in the league, but just looks at like in 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 like he's moving better and um and, and it's showing up at the other end too. He's getting to the rim better, finishing better, a lot, lot more on balance and composed at the rim I think as well. Um but yeah, I think that's just rhythm and conditioning. And Chris as well. Chris was awesome. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's been given more of a green light to put up more threes, but also he was able to do uh, defensively for the group as well. Yeah, he was everywhere, and that's the thing. Like, like Chris, um, I like about Chris is sometimes he's he doesn't always do the right thing. But he makes up for it with this, with just continuing to play really hard, right? And and. Um, he can cover his own mistakes really quickly with just his effort and length. I don't know if that was very nice to say, but he really was everywhere, man. You know what I mean? Like, he's really liked having him in there tonight. Yeah. 
Good. Yep. With Fred, you're getting some nice facilitation from him and, and others. Well, I really like the pace at, at the way that Scotty and Pascal are getting the ball up the floor. And again, I just think Pascal has a great command of what he's seeing and what he's doing, right? He's he's into plays and he's creating um, a lot of easy opportunities for himself, right? He's, he's making the move to get really clear shots. And then he's getting off it. Like, you know, he gets it and he senses traffic and he just gets off it. And those guys are doing a good job of spacing around him. And he's kicking them out and they're making them. That is Nick Nurse after just a marvelous win in San Antonio. Uh, Warren, there's just so many stats here. I mean, the, the box score is uh, it's a meal. I mean, if you look at it, 16 <laughs> steals. They turned the ball over once in the entire second quarter. I mean, that, that combo is deadly, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, listen, if you're, you know, if you're taking care of the basketball and you're making the other team turn the ball over, more than likely you're, you know, you're going to end up winning the game. That's that isn't uh, you know, by any stretch of the word like, you know, that's not rocket science by any means, but I think the Raptors like it's it's much more difficult than it sounds to do, and I think the Raptors have done a phenomenal job of doing that. Um, I think OG is, you know, leading that charge. I think, you know, what Nick Nurse said about um Chris Boucher not always doing maybe the right thing. I think maybe what he meant there was he doesn't always take maybe the the right shot within the offense or, you know, he's not always in the best position. But, I mean, he makes up for it by, you know, doing a lot of the dirty work and, and you know, finding a way to score, you know I mean, finding a way to contribute. And that's what you need. You know, you, you want someone who may not uh, maybe always do the right thing but is going to fight for you. And I think that's what, um, you know, Chris has done. And, and overall, the team – as you can see by, you know, these last two games defensively, uh, they may not be the best teams to play against, but it's not easy to do that in the NBA. And I, I think the Raptors have done a phenomenal job of turning other teams over. Yeah, and when you look at the roster construction, like, they should be a great defensive team. They've got a lot of really great individual defenders and over the last couple of years, we talked about the continuity earlier, but that's where the continuity really pays off is, like, when the individual defenders are all buying in together, they're all connected, they're all on a chain, and they, they understand the the concepts and the schemes. It's not an easy defensive system to run, but these guys really understand it well. And I also think, like, for all of the defensive talent they have, you mentioned Warren O.G. Ananobi, who's just at the center of everything right now, right? Like, he just almost seems like the hub of this defense where, and I, I tweeted this out earlier, it, it almost reminds me of, like, when you have NFL teams that are reluctant to throw even to their best receivers if they're covered by one of those elite corners in the league. Yeah. And that's where I feel like we're at with OG Ananobi, where maybe teams need to think twice about throwing passes certainly unless they're like safe passes anywhere close to where OG is because he he's just he he's so zoned in right now and his instincts at this point of his career are so good that like there are plays it, it almost doesn't it looks like he's playing free safety at times where it, it almost doesn't look like he's involved in the play defensively and then just out of nowhere he will jump a passing lane and before you know it he's gone right it's a turnover and he's off to the races he he's really 
as I said earlier, a man on a mission right now. He talked about all defensive team, defensive player of the year. Those are his goals. He's always been a great defender, but he wants to be recognized as it as one of the best defensive players in the league. I think he's doing that right now. The key to continuing that and continuing to build here is going to be staying on the floor, durability. He needs to play because that's been the story throughout his whole career is he takes a step forward and then something knocks him a step back. And it's usually an injury or something or whatever. And a lot of these things have been ill-timed, unfortunate, fluky things. But in order for him to continue to build and grow and, and, and just continue to build on this momentum, he needs to stay on the floor. Yeah, you know, there's I, some great I, off. I agree. Go ahead. Go ahead, Warren. Sorry. Thanks, Teddy. Yeah, no, I agree with you, uh, Josh. I think um, that's exactly right. I think he needs to stay on the floor. And uh, he'll do that by contributing – you know, offensively, I, I think as a, you know, as, as a basketball player, the number one thing that, you know, no one really wants to face, especially like offensively, is having to deal and think about, you know, like think about your defender. And I think that's what that's what makes OG such a, a good defender is that any player who like who is being guarded by him, you got to take him seriously because, you know, his his hands are quick. You know, he's in the passing lane. So even if you get by him, you know, he may come in. You know, I mean, like he may come and strip the basketball from you or whatever the case is. So those are those are things that you got to think about. And really good offensive players, they're they tend not to see, you know, the first defender. Really good offensive players only think about the help. And um, unfortunately, with a guy like OG and even the rest of the Raptors, like, you know, um, uh, roster, excuse me. You got Scotty, you got Gary, you got all these other great defenders as well. So even if you get by one. You know, you got to, you know, you got to get by the, you know what I'm saying, like like all the other ones. So on Friday night, Luca is definitely going to be in trouble. You know, he's going to have his hands full. And I want to see how the Raptors defend him as a group. Um, obviously, I would start, you know, I would start OG on him, of course. So we'll see, um, you know, uh, how Friday pans out. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that matchup because that's a, you know, that's a much better um, and a more complete player. Um, and I want to see what the Raptors do against him. That's what makes the Raptors so tough to game plan against, right? Like, imagine that as an opposing team. You're trying. You've got OG Ananobi covering your best player. You're trying to get OG off, so you're setting a screen. And even if and when the Raptors switch, it's like, okay, now OG isn't covering the best player. It's Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam or really whomever because there are no weak links on this team. And again, that, that was the idea. That's how this system works. If there's even one weak link, they're not able to rotate as they do. They're not able to switch as they do. And one weak link, one guy who's even a step slow is going to, uh, is going to hurt that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think when they're at their best, we always talk about it, they're just a nightmare to game plan against, a nightmare to play against. And to win games, as we've seen, they need to be – that type of team. They need that type of effort. Even a quarter, taking a quarter off or taking a couple quarters off, we've seen what that could look like. The second game against Philadelphia without Joel Embiid was a good example of that. And I I think they know that. There's going to be those games. You're not going to play as the Raptors do really, really hard and really, really well every night over an 82-game season. But if you can minimize that and have more nights like we saw tonight... That that's a really good team, and that's going to lead to a really good season. 
Yeah, certainly in the last two games they've cleaned up a lot of stuff and they're not uh, they're not taking a quarter off or or you know self-inflicted wounds. The offensive numbers are are startling, but Warren, this comes from I mean the offense is set up by the by the stealth defense, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean we've spoken about that uh, even in the last game. I think defensively the Raptors are cut above right now, um, all five positions, and I think Coloco um, as a rim protector. Uh, enhances their defense because now you know they can take uh, just a bit more chances. You know, I think I think OG especially he's in the passing lanes a lot more because he knows he has you know seven footer. You know, what I'm saying like, at least standing there behind him. You know, what I mean just in case. So I I think overall um, when 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 you have the trust defensively and it's starting to show and and they're starting to figure out uh, what they can and can't do in terms of in terms of taking risks. And a good example of that, um, even from last season, was, you know, Donovan Mitchell and how he was able to take yeah. a lot of risks in Utah, especially, you know, um, with a seven foot two guy standing behind you. So I think I see a little bit of that within the Raptors now, knowing that, hey, you know what, I can't afford to, you know, just step out a bit more, just a bit more and, and, and make it a little bit more, a, a little bit more difficult for, um, you know, uh, opposing guards. And we saw that, <clears throat> we saw that with, you know, Trey Young, and we saw that with um, a DeJounte Murray. Anytime, first of all, it was difficult for them to even get in the paint, but when they did, they had to contend with someone standing there, whether it's Boucher or Coloco, you know, trying to block their shot. So it's, it's just like, as a, like I said, as an offensive player, you're constantly having to think and it's not it's not an easy night. It's not a it's like no bucket is going to be easy. And I think that's where the Raptors defensively are are you know are are becoming a real force. Yeah, and that's a really good point. I mean, Coloco, like we see, he's still making some rookie mistakes. I, I still think he needs to get stronger, which will help him finish around the rim. And every once in a while, it's like, okay, well, yeah, he's a rookie, but also it. it that, that rim protection is what's keeping him on the floor right now. It makes up for a lot, not only of his mistakes, but other guys' mistakes. And even Precious Achua off the bench does a really good job of that as well. Josh, Warren, thanks very much. Have a great night, and we'll come back and wrap it up. This is Raptors Game Night on TSN 1050. Raptors win 143-100 over the Spurs. Or so, I mean, this box box score is just fantastic to look at. Siakam, 28 minutes, 10 of 19, 1 of 5 from the outside, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, 22 points, plus 26. Yes, a triple-double. The double-figure scoring for OG at uh, 18, Scotty at 15, Gary Trent Jr. at 24. Uh, from the bench, Boucher had 17. Uh, Chua had 12, and also Banton chipped in with 13 marvelous performance by the raptors it was uh, really never in doubt great start a bit of a stutter in the, the late first quarter but after that this night was all raptors their next stop will be friday in dallas our next stop with them will be monday night next monday night as they are on the road to chicago thanks for stopping by hope you enjoyed raptors game night at 